Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And we have a very light, delightful topic for you today. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Why you gotta do that? Why do you, <laughs> Why you gotta give it away so quickly? <laughs> I wanted to ease them into it, Taylor. Ease them into the, the light, delightful topic. Just kidding. It's a dun, dun, dun topic, isn't it? Okay, totally. Do it again. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. We're going to talk about recession shit, uh, particularly, you know, how to not lose your shit as a business owner during a recession. Yes. Right? I mean, we all may feel like the gif of the little dog at the desk where the office mm-hmm. is burning around him. <laughs> but this we all. Fine. This is fine. This is yep. fine. I am fine. It is fine. We are fine. <laughs> So um, I think that that's the best way to kind of sum up probably what today's episode is going to be like. This is fine. This this is fine. This is fine. (laughs) That should just be the name of the episode. (laughs) This is fine. I think so. With a recession, right? Let's let's talk about kind of just the the basics of them. Recessions are are normal, right? They happen. Not I won't say often but they happen frequently enough to where yeah they suck but it's nothing new no i think for us millennials though we've already experienced a few mm-hmm. right like we've already experienced one massive one that was so perfectly timed for when we were all finishing college and grad school and like really got you know just had a plethora of job opportunities that were totally lined up with what we wanted to do on the other side of it. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So to me, it feels like, you know, oh, fuck, here we go again. Yeah. But what I'm reminding myself currently is that this recession is basically going to be like, well, not the same. It's not apples to apples. But there are some similarities with what we all just dealt with during COVID and the pandemic and what we had to do from a business perspective to get through it. So if I want to be rosy-eyed and optimistic, which is uncharacteristic of me. <laughs> it is, but, I, but hey, change of pace. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it then I would say we're all pretty well prepared for this recession because 
if you're listening to this podcast, that probably means that your business made it through the pandemic. So props to you. Which means you have a lot of tools in your toolbox to to weather this next, you know, rough economic period. Yeah, I know. And I'm sure like we are, like most people listening are just feeling like, God, another fucking thing. <laughs> like I just made it through yeah. a pandemic. Now you're telling me I got to deal with a recession. Yes. But like, what could happen after this? Is kind of my thought, right? I'm like, can it get worse? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> I mean, if we're if we if we just forget about politics entirely, then I don't think it could get worse. But if you take that into account and you include that as a variable in the equation, oh, we fucked. <laughs> oh well, I thought we were trying to be rosy today. <laughs> Oh, well, I just hard steered us right back into our typical. And she's back, ladies and gentlemen. She's back. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, I hope that it can't get worse. I mean, my stock portfolio certainly hopes that it can't get much worse and that on the other side of this is a a bounce back and recovery. Yes. Um, But, you know, that's why we're here and we're talking about it because we all – need to be responsible adults and not stick our head in the sand about it. Like Fine. this is the reality that we have to, that we have to work through. Fine. My, t- my go-to preference is to stick my head in the sand, but I understand that I might need to adjust. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about then. There are some things we can do now to help prepare for do you think is the recession happening? Have they announced it officially? I, I don't even know. They have not. I mean, let's be real. No one has to officially announce a recession, but people are already changing their spending habits, which yeah. is a huge indicator of a shift in the economy. So, I mean, I'm not going to wait for like an official declaration of we're in a fucking recession. I'm already yeah. going to act like we're there. Right. And I think it's important for people to kind of think about the fact that we are entering the spending season, right, for holiday shopping and all of that stuff with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, gotta, because that should be top of mind. But if you're not feeling the pinch quite yet, I promise you will (laughs) come January because it might be a little softer of a blow because people are still spending money right now, right? For Christmas gifts and whatnot. But we all know that January sucks normally after the holiday season. It it could potentially suck even more this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Yay! So much for that rosy outlook. But Let's talk about what you can do now to not freak out later. First things first, if you've got debt, time to really focus on bringing that number down. Yeah. Because it sucks to just have to put your cash towards something that doesn't actually help you live yeah right I mean like if we're talking really realistically paying your credit card bill 
um, for things that you bought a long time ago doesn't help you sustain as a human. So if you're wanting to be smart about the cash that you have in the future, paying off any business or personal debt that you have now while things are not super shitty is a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, I mean, I think that people should try to run debt-free businesses regardless. Same, but we know that's not always the case. Yes. So, um, I mean, businesses have to make investments, yep. right? You have to put money up front to get product to sell. I get that. Um, but yeah, try to pay it off because you'll feel better. It's like when, you know, when you finally pay off your car and you're like, cool, that's $500 a month that I get to spend on other things. It's right. the same kind of emotion. Feels like, like free money. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, oh shit, I just got $500 a month richer every month. This is sweet. So, you know, but, let's but be ready. see, I'm always the person who says like, okay, well, when you're done paying off, like if you've had something like a car payment or a student loan payment that you've been paying for a long period of time, like I'm always like, okay, once you've paid it off, keep funneling that chunk away every month if you can swing it because then you're building up savings. You know, you're not feeling, if you're able to live with paying that amount each month previously, keep doing it because then you're just saving money away, which is actually something that we would recommend for the recession period as well, because, you know, saving your money now to bulk up those cash reserves, you'll be, current you might not love it, but future you will be very happy to have that cushion. Totally. I mean, like for sourced in our savings account, you know, we don't have to have a lot of cash on hand because it doesn't, our operating costs are not, they're not high. Um, But I treat $10,000 in our savings account as our zero. Right. And so like, I always know that I've got 10 grand just sitting there to, you know, break glass in case of emergency. And that makes me stress way less about if we have a a month that's not so great, but we still need to pay for something. Like, I know we're going to be fine. Right. So, you know, similarly to how you hear, you know, money folks talk about you want to have like now it used to be what, three months. Now they say like six to nine months. Six months, yeah. Of uh, your personal spending budget saved, mm-hmm. you should treat your your business the same way. Yep. Yep. And, you know, you want to make sure that you have everything taken into account when you're calculating that number, right? Not just like, what do I need to pay myself? But like, what about my overhead? If I have any employees or contractors that I need to pay, like, this is where we need to be really dialed into our budgets and our P&Ls and see what's going in, what's coming out, you know, because we know that what's going out is realistically not going to change that much unless you're throwing know, people right? off or, you know, making some real changes. What you're spending, your expenses are going to stay the same. But if your number that's coming in is changing, that's when we have to to make some adjustments. Yep. Fun times. So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Um, 
you know, and another thing that we had kind of listed out as an idea for what you can do now to not freak out is making sure you have a few ways to make money, right? Additional revenue streams because you can lean into that um, or out of things in reaction to people's spending habits. And I know that like I've recently tapped a few of my friends who have small businesses, but they're like one woman shows, right? Very small businesses. But I know that they're also graphic designers or they're also X, Y, and Z. And like I've tapped them to be like, hey, do you want any freelance gigs during the holiday season? Because we need it help, right? We're super busy. Do you want to, you know, make some extra cash? And pretty much everybody's like, yes, please. I do. I do need to make some extra cash. <laughs> yep. I mean, does anyone turn away extra cash normally? I mean, it's why like when you're self-employed, it's so hard to say no to anyone who's trying to give you money. And we end up with these like crazy schedules that make us lose our minds. But right. I mean, having multiple ways of making money is super smart. And it's another way that you can really reduce the amount of stress that you're feeling because not all of your eggs are in one basket. You know, not like it's, not like it's easy peasy to actually turn up a bunch of uh, alternative revenue streams. That takes time and effort, but... Money pouring in left and right. You're just flushed yeah. with cash. I know, right? Have we done an episode about passive income? It's very likely. <laughs> no, because I fucking hate that phrase so much. Because it's nothing's uh, passive, right? No. I mean... Literally nothing. There's set kind of like... There's nothing that you set and forget, right? Correct. Even if you're selling courses or whatever, stuff that you're not actively having to do something every single day for, like new work, you still have to update it. You still have to promote it. You still have to, yeah. There's nothing passive. There's just chiller. I don't know. <laughs> what term would you give it? Ooh. We're going to have to come up with something. Chiller we'll income. Trademark it. Chiller income. Chiller income. Less energy. Don't obsess about it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm we'll not copywriting on, on the fly very well. <laughs> we'll think on it. We'll think on it. Um, but so in addition to thinking of ways that people can make money from different sources, it's also a good idea to sit down and review what your costs of goods sold, your COGS, yeah. what your COGS are, in both with a product or a service, right? Because it still costs money to provide a service. And going back to the concept of like trying to run a debt-free or lean business, you want to make sure that what it takes for you to Produce your product or service is running as efficiently as possible. Right. So this is where you might actively make some cuts to things to quote unquote trim the fat out of your business. The worst fucking face. So seriously, we also need to come up with something <laughs> to replace that. As someone that. who does not like to eat meat, I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're going to have to come up with a new one for that too. But so you, you know, you might 
I think this is a smart way for businesses to reduce their spend as opposed to just like taking a machete to things. It's more like taking a scalpel to yeah. use another weird meat-related <laughs> phrase. <laughs> well, I guess machetes are typically for jungle plants, but, you know. Or murder. Like, <laughs> murder. murder. I did just finish watching Dahmer, so, you know. Oh, I'm only, I only watched the first episode because my children are always around and it didn't oh. seem super appropriate to watch with <laughs> Definitely not super appropriate for a first grader. I mean, maybe your punk-ass baby could watch it because he wouldn't understand what the fuck's going no, on. No, I'd but... be too scared of him, like, imprinting, like, <laughs> just <laughs> internalize all of it. <laughs> I am that mom with that fear. I'm like, don't. Don't watch it. Don't that. do it. Don't do it. Don't become Jeffrey Dahmer. Because I watch too much shit like Dahmer and too much true crime stuff that tells me if your <laughs> baby sees this stuff at a young age, they'll internalize it and then become serial killers. Yeah, so. they're fucked. Then you're fucked. Then everybody's Tangent. fucked. Anyways, machetes taking uh, Machetes and back. scalpels. It's all good. So, but yeah, I mean, it is a responsible thing to do leading up to a a recession but also it's just a good like business practice to yeah. run your the machine of your business as efficiently as possible because that's how you increase your profit margin right right i mean which is i mean again who doesn't want more money in their pockets who doesn't want more money in their pockets and you want to be you know aware of what your costs are for making your products because if you're selling them at the same price, but your costs have risen, you're making less money. So maybe it's time for a price increase. Something to think about. Yeah. I actually just did that with uh, Jillian's and my copywriting services. Good for you. For a couple reasons. Um, you deserve it, goddammit. Because goddammit, we deserve it. And because we had raised them going into last year and never had any pushback on our pricing last year, mm-hmm. or I guess this year. Um, I don't know what, what year it is. Nope. You know, I'm looking at proformas that are talking about like 2026 currently. Yeah. So I literally don't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I get the, the actual date wrong. That's cool. Um, but so, yeah, so we raised our prices. It'll be interesting to see if like how that shakes out because um, we're not cheap. And so I I will report back. But, you know, the amount of money that we're asking for for our service is probably more than the price increase most people are, are thinking about, you know, if you're. If you have a a $30 product and you bump it up to $35, right? Like mm-hmm. really no one's going to register that. And so that's right. a super safe play and it's a really easy way to make sure that you're kind of adding some some padding to, to yeah. your pricing. So yeah. Do you want to build your brand by being a guest on industry leading podcasts? If you own a business, my guess is you do. So picture this. You a dynamic executive, effortlessly connecting with engaged audiences, turbocharging your top of funnel marketing, and creating a treasure trove of content with every episode. 
Podcasting is the game changer you've been waiting for. And PodcastAlly.com is your VIP ticket to podcast PR success. Say goodbye to the ordinary and hello to the extraordinary exposure. Head over to PodcastAlly.com now and let them know that Pretty OK sent you. Your brand deserves to shine and they're ready to make it happen. At the very least, you want to make sure that you're not losing money on, you know, by not raising your prices enough to go along with the cost of goods. Yeah. Um, So side note, the cost of shipping keeps going up. God, I know. It's a nightmare. So that's a big one for product-based businesses is to make sure that what you're charging your customers for shipping is not eating into your profit margin. Yeah. So if you haven't gone back into your system and adjusted those prices, now is a great time to do that because, you know, over time, if you're eating a dollar or two or more out of every sale to cover part of the shipping costs, like over time, that really adds up. Um, So yeah, pro tip, look at your shipping prices and make sure the customer is covering them. Maybe we should do a follow-up episode with, like, tactics for raising your prices. Oh, yeah. During a recession or something. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm Sounds down. Sounds great. We're planned. <laughs> Done. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Let's kind of go into, then, what what people can do <laughs> when everybody starts <laughs> freaking out this is fine it's happened if it's it's not happening already (laughs) it's going to happen yep it's fine it's fine this is fine well the first thing that comes to mind which this isn't necessarily like the nicest thing but (laughs) if everyone else around you is freaking out fuck pleasantries (laughs) like it's time to just do what you gotta do but you can look at your payment terms for invoices that you're sending out with accounts receivable. And I mean, I feel like I, I'm faking, I'm all, I'm uh, fooling you all into thinking that I actually know shit about finance with all of these uh, jargony phrases I'm tossing around. Um, (laughs) But if typically you've been having your payment terms be like, this invoice is due in 60 days from receipt. You can shorten that payment schedule to like net 30 or 45 because that will just help keep your cash flow a little tighter as opposed yeah. to waiting longer for people to give you what you are owed. Right. Um, I mean, I have always done for my clients, I've always done net 30 days, Same. which is outlined in the contract. Yeah, always. Yep. Um, but I have some larger corporate clients that their payment terms are are forty five. Um, sixty feels like starts to make me twitch because I'm like, am I just giving you my services for free? You're never gonna fucking pay me. <laughs> yeah, I used to have. We used to work with brands, Glitter Guide, who had like net ninety. Oh no, thank you. And I, I mean. I understand it from a a corporate perspective because you're working off of a quarterly budget that you have to get approved by a board and investors and all of this stuff. So like 
a lot of companies have 60 to 90, but it sucks. <laughs> and yeah. unfortunately, sometimes there's just no way around it. You can try to negotiate it and sometimes they'll come down, right? Like sometimes they'll come down from 90 to 60 or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. If you're the one sending out the contract, you set those payment terms and you set them for shorter durations and get your money. Yep. The other thing that people can do that maybe is not a part of their routine is start to have deposits and then you know, balances due to split up. Like, let's say you're charging $5,000 for a project. You can charge, you know, you can ask for a 25 to 50% deposit on the project that's due around the signing of the contract. And then the, the final balance is due within like 30 days of the, all the deliverables being received by the client. So that's another way that you can start managing your cash flow is like you get part of the invoice now so that you have cash in your hand yep. also it helps reduce the likelihood that you're getting totally fucked by a client who doesn't pay mm-hmm. um with the rest coming later so those are some things to to think about you might only get half fucked is what you're saying half fucked yep yep <laughs> i mean i prefer to get half fucked than fully fucked true <laughs> true 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 that <laughs> So we had talked about on the Black Friday, Cyber Monday episode, just like how expensive marketing spend is becoming, right? With paid ads and all of that stuff, promoting, everything is just ticking up through the roof. Yeah. But for now, you know, when people are freaking out, one of the things you can do is focusing your energy on marketing, right? But not making assumptions. So when you're looking at it from your perspective as a business owner, like what do you think is the best way to kind of figure out where your customers' heads are at? I mean, to just ask them, right? Like, um, what a concept. What a concept. You just hear it straight (laughs) from the horse's mouth. Because horses talk. I don't know who came up with that turn of phrase. All these things. Mr. Ed? I mean, <laughs> but did the phrase exist before the Mr. Ed TV show? What came first, the Mr. Ed or the phrase? I don't know. Someone look it up and tell us because <laughs> I'm curious, <laughs> genuinely curious. So now is a great time to be creating a survey or a questionnaire that you can send out to your customers and like literally ask them where their heads are at what do what are they prioritizing what do they think will continue to be important to them what will they continue to spend money on because those are you know they're all psychology is always a part of marketing and so most of us operate off of assumptions a lot of the time, which is fine when things are good, right? And people are like more willy-nilly with their their money. But yeah. when people start to freak out and everyone starts holding things like closer to their chest, then those assumptions tend to be false more often than not. Because it's not like, you know, people don't really aren't going to like publicly admit that things are tight, right? Or what they're scared about. Yeah. Um your friend like so listening to what your friends are saying, 
just like the general conversation that people around you are having about money is a good way to also kind of get into this psychological space. But, you know, if you've built a, like a loyal, open community, or you just have like customers who are very much repeat customers, I wouldn't think twice about asking them, honestly, like what their priorities are going to be over the next year. Yeah. Because then you can start talking to, making sure your marketing messages are specifically addressing their problems, which is always Mm -hmm. a fundamental part of it. But you also can start to figure out what are the words and phrases and emotional sentiments that you keep hearing from people. And that will help you come up with the right message overall and like be able to position your business as one that gets things, has a heart, understands where humans are at, but also can still talk about the value of your product and service overall. Right. Yeah. Being able to speak to your customer where and meeting them where they're at currently is is incredibly valuable as as yep. a business owner and just making sure that they're sticking around for the long haul, right? Yep. Yep. So, and I mean, people are always going to there are always going to be people that like hold like tighten their purse strings really quick mm-hmm. and are very hesitant to start spending again in the long term. Mm-hmm. But there are also always going to be people who have money to spend regardless of whether or not we're in a recession or not. I mean, mm-hmm. COVID had like some industries experienced like a huge amount of boom during like COVID years. Yeah. Yeah. And so like from a marketing perspective, don't obsess about the customers you might be losing because they're going to be super hard to get back. Yeah. I would focus on, and this is way easier said than done. <laughs> like I'm going to say these words and it's like, fuck you, Taylor. That's you're like so much harder than you're making it sound right now. Um, but you want to focus on finding the customers who are still spending, who aren't as economically stressed or are still very much going to prioritize the products and services that you provide. Um, yeah. It is a needle that needs to be threaded, but like, you know, in life, not everyone is going to like you. So in life, in a recession, not everyone is going to buy from you. And like, fuck those people. Just focus on the people who are your friends and the ones who are still swiping, tapping, smashing those subscribe buttons. You know, what's funny is like, I... I'm not a loaded person, but I don't stop spending money during the recession. Um, my CEO, like the second he found out we were heading into a recession, like canceled his Tesla, bought a beater Honda, like did all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're it's okay. We're going to be okay. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, I am also not... Like, I mean, the things that I'll probably not spend so much on, travel. 
Yeah. Right? Like, but in terms of, I still want to be a happy person who, like, treats myself when I feel like treating myself or buying the things that I, like, need to have. Um, I mean, so I don't personally consider travel to be a need to have, but, like, I'm not going to go and, I mean, A, I'm not ever going to buy a Tesla at this point because fucking he's crazy um so maybe that is a good thing that your boss canceled his tesla (laughs) well he didn't cancel it for that reason (laughs) latent latent effects you know yes yes doing the world a salad but yeah i mean we're all still gonna go to target and never leave without having spent less than a (laughs) hundred dollars yeah and target has raised their prices I know this because I go to Target every week and the stuff that I buy every week has increased in prices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Find your people, nurture yeah. those people. And, you know, the other people, those are just, those are customers who cost too much to acquire. And so, you know, don't focus on them. Yeah. This is the time to lean into your your organic marketing in your community. Like, do what you can. I will say I've gotten a few emails and social posts. I've seen both from small businesses who are like, I'm being, I want to be really transparent. We're bleeding money. The internet or Instagram doesn't show our stuff anymore. People aren't shopping. I don't know if we can survive. And I kind of hate that. I don't know how you feel about that, but it. Oh, I hate it. Okay. <laughs> because just, like, you know, I also. Yeah. Um, it's very. I also. Manipulative. Really, kind of. But I also really don't like it when people. You, you got, I mean, I'm going to say this because it's a safe space. <laughs> with my finger quotes, <laughs> even though this is a very public forum. Um, I really. I'm very averse to businesses that use their personal struggles as a marketing message. Yeah. Um, And that's very similar to what you're talking about, right? Like the woe is me approach to trying to motivate people to buy from you. Um, I really, really don't like that unless something existential happened to your business like totally outside of your control where like a tornado came and fucking native poppy where a fucking hijacked car crashed into their building yes like that example very different please we will give you all the help and support yes yes but like please don't out of nowhere basically tell me i'm such an asshole this is why i swear i'm not an asshole but i'm a fucking asshole Basically, please don't tell me that you were kind of an irresponsible business owner and spent way more than you ever should have operating your business, and now it's fucking caught up to you. End rant. (laughs) Yes. Yes. End rant. So I kind of hope nobody listening to this podcast knows what I'm talking about, but (laughs) the email I got this morning was from a brand, like a retail shop that's small, right? And they have two locations. And they basically said in the email that, like, they closed one location to open up in another area. And they've had six weeks of delay. So they've been, their quote, bleeding money for six weeks. And their second location doesn't make enough to support them. So 
they use it basically as like a shipping center, whatever. And I'm just like, do you not see all of the issues that you're saying? You're like trying to say, oh, because we've had six weeks where we can't move into our new space, we might have to shut down the business. And it's like you literally just outlined why the business is doing so poorly. And I don't know. I just don't like positioning things like, oh, my gosh, you guys, my followers, if you don't buy something from me right now, you're never going to see me again. That's just how it kind of feels. And I don't like that. (laughs) No. So please don't be that person. It it popped into my inbox today and I was like, "Eh." you know, it just it felt on on topic for the recession because that was kind of what they were blaming it on. Right. The times and all that stuff. And yeah, it's like we're all there. Yeah. Everybody is experiencing the same thing. You didn't set yourself up properly. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. The moral of the story is don't bite off more than you can chew. There. We just talked like 30 minutes about all these things. And that's that's the episode summed up. Don't bite off more than you can chew and you'll be fine through the recession. Yep. A hundred percent. Too lazy didn't read. Cliff notes. This is fine. It's funny, I've never thought of the TLDR as cliff notes because that's very accurate. Because I told you about the time I was on a call with TikTok and the girl said it in a sentence, right? And I was just like, what the fuck did she just say? (laughs) But then I realized, cliff notes. If she said cliff notes, I wouldn't have thought that was weird. Yeah. Anyways, sorry about that. I just had a (laughs) light bulb moment of generation phrases. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> TLDR, these are the cliff notes. Yes. Anyway, well, you know, maybe we'll follow this up with an episode on what to do when you're financially impacted, right? Because everybody's going to be. So maybe we can talk next time about price increase strategy and the way to do it the correct way and, and how to make it make sense for your business in the long run. Yep. I like that idea. I like it too. Let's do it. Okay, great. Podcast planning in real time. So, I mean, hang in there. Times are tough, but we'll weather the storm together. <laughs> Taylor's saluting. You can't see it, but she is. We salute you all. Uh, there'll be show notes up on prettyokpodcast.com. And then we'll be over on Instagram. Feel free to DM us or send us a note on the website. If you have anything you want us to talk about this season, we're wide open. As you can tell, we are a blank canvas. (laughs) So we will be back soon uh, with another episode. But until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.